0: Guys, in the chapter before this, it says that we are to be kind to our enemies, right? We're, we are The chapter right before this, it says we're supposed to give food to our enemies, drink to our enemies, be kind to our enemies.
1: And that's what we do in jail.
0: <laughs> 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 well, I'm serious. All right. And that's what we do in POW <laughs>
1: camps, and that's what we do in jail. You were lied to, and don't let that cloud... Thinking. How many points do I have to make that don't add How up? many other people do I have to bring in this conversation that do not back up Robs?
2: JV Team for Life
1: Alright <clears throat> The cockfight ended in a draw
2: <clears throat> you, know what I, you know what line I used the other day? What's that? Somebody said, uh, you're not going to wash your hands And I said... My dick isn't dirty. That's right. Are that's you right. dirty? Because my dick's not dirty. My mm. dick's probably the
1: cleanest part of me. <laughs> Where's your big dick? Yeah. How about you wash your hands before you touch it? If that's you know that's, Yeah. Let's, let's keep it clean. Yeah. yeah. It's a trend I'd like to start.
2: Welcome back to the anti hero podcast, part Delta Force, part street cop, all podcasts. And today I'm trying to be more uh more uh Peasing to the audio listeners because sometimes I forget that when we have guests on and we don't go Hey, this is so-and-so and he does this this and
1: that they're kind of left in limbo are you gonna do more of like a, a Detailed physical description of the guests so that way the, the audio listeners can get a real good grasp on, on who's here Yes, so <laughs> we have today
2: Drew who is Brent's brother and They are not twins no. But they could be. Well,
1: there you go. Way, yeah, there yeah. you go. Way, way to paint a picture. Yeah, yeah.
2: You got to check out the YouTube because it's, it's kind of well, weird. Well, it's kind of trippy.
1: Let's hope they know what I look like, ben, or, <laughs> or else they didn't paint a picture.
2: <laughs> so, Drew, thank <laughs> you for coming on. I, yeah, I remember when I remember when I proposed it to Brent, we were both kind of like,
1: eh, I don't know if he'll, he'll go for it. But, you know, so. Well, I don't think it helped having an OnlyFans person on before. Yes, I know. But. But I will say this there's there's one thing you can't accuse, of, uh, uh, accuse us of and that's not having range. Where do we have range? Well anywhere from firefighters to policemen to only fans to pastors and everything in between. We we got you covered. We'll keep you guessing for the next for the for the next guest. Yeah, we don't discriminate. We want everybody on here.
0: It's a broad road. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See I see
1: what you did there. The uh well, I'll do you, we can stop it there for a second. Do you want to go in, you're right into him, or do you want to go into uh, some of the uh, the businesses? Dude, you're so right. You're so right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that, that
2: in here. That's what I'll do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you guys uh, don't know, we are on Patreon. So if you could just go stop by, and show us some love. I just filmed some content today, and we're gonna get better at it. But. Um, we need to know what you guys want, so go to Patreon. Let us know if you have questions. Uh, we're going to do a draw to get some free merch from Refracted Wolf Apparel, one of our sponsors. So use promo code ANTIHERO for 15% off Refracted Wolf Apparel, Outsider Apparel for the front lines, graphic tees, tees, T-shirts, and then uh, and hats, stickers, flags, you know. Uh, we're veteran and first responder owned, and our other sponsor is First Responders Coffee slash mm-hmm. Cigar
1: Company. That's correct. And as always, use FRCC 15. That's FRCC 15 to get 15% off everything on the on the online store. What a deal. <laughs> Thank you, Drew.
2: Wait a FRCC
1: 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully that's not in there. I'll have, to, I'll have to double check that before this gets released. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Brent's gonna kind of, uh, kind of take the take the the lead on this episode because uh, obviously Drew's his brother, and um, they all have a bunch of stuff listed out. And Brent told me I could uh, kind of chill out for the day. So
1: that's right. Now you get to do my jobs. <laughs> Hang back and just make random try comments to, and questions, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and just force yourself into the into the conversation. We need little buttons it's, that say yeah. like "I want to talk." Let right, me talk it has like a little light, yeah, back, so you know. Well, it's, well, it's funny you come up with a solution when when you're when uh, you're the standby host. Mm. You don't mm. you don't come up with solutions <laughs> like that when when, when I am poor brain mm. and interesting, <laughs> convenient, say the least. Yes, as, as Tyler pointed out, Drew is my brother, uh, but more importantly than that, he has served 25 years in the, uh, in, in the ministry, part of that as a youth minister, part of that as associate pastor, part of that as a school teacher at a, at a Christian school. Um, he has his master's in biblical studies and is currently a Ph.D. candidate. What exactly does a PhD candidate mean?
0: It Means not a, not much. Yeah, not it's
1: much. it's the only way you could it's, <laughs> it's the only way you could force the, yeah. the word PhD in there and only yeah
0: paper. Um, so a PhD candidate is someone who's finished all their courses for uh, a doctorate degree. I just haven't finished uh, my dissertation. Uh, a dissertation's a 250-page book, and I've been on 140 pages for about a decade now. <laughs> Because I have I have a family to raise, other stuff to do.
1: So. All right. Uh, what's your dissertation on?
0: It's on the chronological events of the Book of Revelation. So, what's going to happen in the future?
1: All right. Leave that as a little teaser. You 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 may know something, a few things about the Book of Revelation. Tune in the, next time. The the uh, the end of the world, Armageddon, mark of the beast, so on, so on. Yep, That's twenty twenty four. As if that could be its own podcast. Right. that would be crazy
2: so, if it was a.
1: Well, I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> ask the guy who schedules the podcast and see what we can do. Yeah, Brent will probably reschedule it three times. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it happens. It, it unfortunately does happen. Uh, Drew, really? What I mean, there's there's a lot of topics we could cover. I mean, a a lot. Um, the uh, I think my you know when. It took me by surprise, honestly. When you, you know, when you said you've been, you know, in it for 25 years, it's just it's crazy how fast time flies. 25 years, and one of the first things I thought of when you told me, you know, how long uh, you'd been a part of that, um, was I wondered, you know, if in 25 years, is there a difference between, uh, and 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 mainly, it's fair to say, mainly focused in, you know, on on youth. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what is 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 there a difference or and if so, what is the difference between, you know, kids that uh, you know you were you saw in church and and were you know aiding and raising and teaching twenty five years ago and things they dealt with and kids of today twenty five years later. Is is there a difference?
0: Yeah, there was only two genders back then. It makes it very complicated um, with, with the bathroom situation these days. Mm. so uh, yeah, uh, anyway, you have to catch it, up. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a different world. I mean, things have changed dramatically in twenty years. Um, in in the same uh, in the same vein, kids will always be kids. and you know and, and there's so much that's still the same. Uh, people will always be people, uh, you know, no matter where you go around the world. um, so kids will be kids. But yeah, there are some things that have definitely changed the last twenty years. Uh, a lot of that is has to do with social media and, and the internet, smartphones has drastically changed yeah.
1: culture. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a smartphone in every single kid's hand in, in elementary school. I'd i I'd, I'd almost you know. I'm the to say. I'm the
2: weirdo that won't let my kid have one until at least middle school. Yeah. I mean, I, I, all of his and his, I feel bad for my son, but he, he's yeah. like you know he he quit asking me last year because I told him. Good. Yeah. Stay strong
1: dad yeah, yeah. stay strong yeah their, their access to you know to, to information uh, their access to, to, to the bad parts of the internet their access to bullying um, yeah I would you know there's obviously a bunch of good things that you know that come with the information flow but I, I would I would dare say there's probably been more harm than good that's that's come from all, all this access to technology with, with young people
0: well, like I said kids are kids I mean think about when we were in high school um, or middle school, uh, you know, the things that were exciting was all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the stuff yeah. that everybody was experimenting with. You know, um, you know you're know you at school, you're away from your parents, you're on the bus, it's just you and a bunch of kids, you're in the hallway, it's just you and a bunch of kids. And, you know, it just uh, that's what kids typically gravitate to is all the stuff they're not allowed to do or say or yeah. look at when they're at home with their parents. And so, every one of them has got a smartphone, they have access to all the evils that the world has to offer right there in their hand. And, um, you know, most parents do not monitor phones. They don't put restrictions on apps and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I have noticed in, in my, my time as in working with America's future that, you know, we've, we've got a significant pornography addiction, um, uh, even among church kids. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, that's a major issue. Um, the drama never ends with teenagers <laughs> now because you know when you went to school you know people talk crap or or right. or you know you had a bad day in the school you go home it's over right you know? yeah you, you get to hit the pause button up. at
1: least until yeah. the next day everybody sleeps
0: yeah. it off you go to the next day now it never ends What whatever whatever happened at school continues on social media continues on text and it's just really hard on kids
2: and and you know what the school they walk away from the social media thing. They say, hey, anything that happens, a lot of them will say anything that happens on social media and not on school grounds is not our problem. And some of them that try to inter- inter- interfere with bullying will say after 5 p.m. when kids are at home, that's not our problem. And, that, you know, so, co- of course, parents call law enforcement. And it's one of those hard things where you don't necessarily say this isn't a law enforcement issue, but you're kind of, like, hinting, like, All right. You Know it's, it's hard, yeah. It's kind of yeah. a parent issue, yeah. You know, why are you, you calling know.
1: me? And, and if
2: I don't know, you can't tell your 16 year old not to have social media nowadays. I don't know, I don't have one, but I don't
1: know if, if that's even possible. And, and what's well, what do you, what do you, you have four kids? Hmm. What do you, what do you do because you didn't have kids when you started this, obviously, 25 years ago, yeah, and now you have four. Um, what is what. Going through this, seeing this, you know, I'd imagine kind of prepared you for you know for, for when your kids are going to be of, of that age. Absolutely. So you had you had some indicators of, of what you were going to to face. What so what do you do with your kids' phones? Uh,
0: so I, I didn't let my kids have smartphones. Let's say my first son, I think I don't think he got a smartphone until he was maybe fourteen or fifteen. Uh, of course, I'll probably be wrong. My wife will correct me later. Um, but uh, it wasn't until they were older. Um, and then when they did get smartphones, uh, I always got some type of app, and I never use a free one. I use one that costs money every year because it's <laughs> it's, it's that important. Um, and uh, I I'm able to you know turn off apps that I don't want them on, uh, give them time restrictions. And then it, one thing that does make smartphones great is they're awesome restrictions. So you know kids screw up. You lose your phone. Yeah. yeah. You know, the phone's gone, right. man.
1: And you have to enforce that. You can't, yeah, just, you can't threaten just threaten it. it. That's right. You
0: just become a barking chihuahua. What
1: What app do you use?
0: I use MM Guardian. Okay. My MM Guardian. Um, you know roughly how
1: much that costs? No, you know, I want to say
0: 60 or 70 bucks a year, a year? if I'm not mistaken. Now,
2: and you control it all from your phone mm-hmm. and yeah. the app, but it controls yep. their
0: And the, the texting, uh, and, you know, some people say, you know, this is invading in your teenager's privacy. I don't care what they say. Um, they're my kids. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch out for things, and I'm so glad that I have because you know I, I've, I've got in front of things that were very important to get in front of. Because yeah. I've had, I got two boys and I got two girls, and raising them are very different. And uh, uh, the, the MM Guardian has a place where those teenagers they can only text through the MM Guardian texting app or whatever mm. that is, and that way, you know, I'm, I'm able to see in exactly what you know the conversations are if I so choose to, if there's things that i think there are concerns i'm able to see what they do
1: well it's funny you say that uh you know people you do they do they say it all the time they 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 say uh you know you can't look in their phones that's you know that's their safe space that's their you know that's 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 their you know that's their world you can't just go grab it and look at it whenever you you want and to which i laugh and i go i sure can you know as long as i pay (laughs) for that phone as long as she lives in my home yeah uh, the only you way know, it's a safe my space food. is if i'm right.
0: guarding my children that's right that's the only th- way it's none of my
1: space. kids have you know passwords to their phones that i don't know about um i didn't even want them having passwords to their phone until they they convinced me the password isn't to keep me out they'll they i have the passwords to all their phones it's to keep their their brothers and sisters out of their phones <laughs> yeah. and when they yeah. told me that i was They're like right all right yeah all right. I'll, I'll i'll give you that i'll yeah. give you that um well, but besides that you know i'd you know i'm very aware of of what of what they do you know behind closed doors and in and, and their bedroom it leads to the best of my uh, you know ability I do give them their space um, but and the other one is and and I spank my kids at a at, at a young age Absolutely. and there's these there's these kids that are you know rambunctious and don't pay attention or and aren't respectful to adults and then you know my kids will come over and they'll say please thank you mm-hmm. yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am and they're like you know how, how do you get your kids to do that but Already knowing with past conversations I've had with this person, I I did what what you're not willing to do or what you don't right. want to do. Yeah. You don't want to spank your kids, yeah. you don't want to you know take their, your kids' phones away, you don't want to threaten them with taking their video games away and kick them out of the house to go play sports. So you're trying to be their friend. That's of their right. Parent. I I I did things you don't want to do. I, mean, right. I don't get, I don't tell them that. That's what I think.
2: Well, I'll go on calls and like um, it'll be a single mom in 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 the hood, a 13 year old boy that towers over her. Putting hands on her, right. not coming home, disrespecting her in front yeah. of us. And uh, and she'll she'll say, You know, I, I'm trying to discipline them. I, I can't. I'm like, Ma'am, you need to discipline them yeah. while they're this tall, late. not when they're taller than it's you. Too it's too late.
1: Yeah. The, the quickest thing, I, I don't, I don't, and I had to do that when they were young kids. I didn't spank my, I don't think I spanked a kid since they were been four or five years old. They, yeah. you know, they've, the, the, the the precedence was set. They knew what was right and wrong. Generally speaking, they yeah they they did it. Um,
2: and then you just have, all you have to do is give them the look. Or, right. And then, and,
1: then, yeah. and but not a whole lot sets me off. I don't raise my my, my voice to my wife or kids. But when, uh, but the one thing that'll immediately get mm-hmm. it is if if you know if the wife says something like, hey you know you need to go get your laundry out of your laundry room, and they'll go yeah. No, Dad'll get up real quick. Like, what'd you say? Yeah. What'd that's you so say? True. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Y- yes, ma'am. Okay. That's <laughs> yep. that's what I thought. And oh, that's crazy. I heard. I thought I heard different, but it's <laughs> it's, it's good. It's and and, and, the, and you have to be consistent with mm-hmm. it. Is the other thing you have to be consistent, and yep. not, this is probably a bad uh, a bad analogy, but I'll see some people with really well-behaved dogs. And what they'll do to those dogs is they'll spend a lot of time with those dogs. They will be very consistent with the training of those dogs. Yeah. They'll put in hours of training. They're super proud of their dogs, but they won't do the same things to their kids.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I've, seen I mean, yeah. I've seen the same I mean, I've seen the
1: same Yeah, I can't be the only one that's, that's seen yeah. this. I got The irony in this is crazy to me.
0: Yeah. Another thing that's crazy different is 20 years ago, uh, kids used to play a lot of sports. I would have you know, all day sports days on Saturdays. We'd play football, uh, softball, These are leagues volleyball. or just you and your kids? No, just just kids, uh, just, just the, the church kids. And oh, they got would you. invite gotcha. other kids in the community, and we would just all yeah. day long just play sports. Um, and then, uh, you know, time went by, and... Mm, Kids don't really want to get. They don't want to do anything. that makes them They hot. want. They want
1: to yeah. sit all together and play yeah. on their iPads. That's yeah. <laughs> you think you've had like a modern warfare gaming center? They'd, they'd all show up on a Saturday <laughs> for, <done> that. That. <laughs> and I've for that. I showed up. All right. So uh, yeah. now well, you're stepping on my toes. Uh, yeah, because, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we
0: we have fun doing that
1: too. Um. The the other thing. You know. In fact, we we talked about this. Um. Uh. The, you know. The difference between you know kids back then, if you want to sound like an old guy, and today is you are when. Right. When uh, I'm not, when I was 16, I counted down the days yeah. and I couldn't wait to get my driver's license as close as I could on, on my six. I mean, I wanted to be on my 16th That's birthday, right. Right. That's right? And today we have kids that are 17 years old, 18 years old. Years old not, yeah. 20 not, years old. And they don't, they don't even no want life. to get a driver's license. No. But then again, I think, I think, yeah, I think you hit on earlier. We had to have a driver's license to get that, to get that freedom and that ability to go see your friends. Uh-huh they they've had that since middle school they they have it with their phone they have it with their ipad they don't have to get in a car and drive somewhere they already have that interaction
0: and they don't know what they're missing they're getting enough oh. they're getting enough right. satisfaction with social media and internet games where they all can enter this world together with their friends and they get a little bit of socialization that way and it's enough to satisfy them but they really don't know what they're missing, you know, face to face and getting out in the world and having fun.
1: Well, going on a limb, maybe they also don't want, maybe it's a kind of a risk and reward as well. You're right. That's, they're not going to have as much fun. They don't know that. But there's no way you have as much fun in your bedroom as you do going to your friend's house and picking up your friends in your car. Mm-hmm. But that car and BMO to go. Uh, spend the, the fuel to go get them and then to go take them somewhere and do something. It's
0: a lot more expensive today. We're,
1: that's right. Requires, well, whether it's more expensive today or not, it requires a job and it requires yep. additional work mm-hmm. to, have, to, have those, to have those freedoms and, yep. and abilities. And I just don't think that they, they want to do that as, as well on top of that.
0: Yeah, and and we do. It's just it's just a fact. I mean, I I like I like this podcast. I, I've listened to it you know several times. I really appreciate you guys. And, and did, uh, did you listen to candor. the porn one? The porn one? Yeah, <laughs> missed that one. My bad. <laughs> um, my bad. Uh, they bad. weren't
1: they weren't having sex on the podcast. <laughs> it was actually a really it good was, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of entrepreneur talk. <laughs> uh, I was
0: busy. Uh, it, you know, um, uh, now you got my mind racing other places. I, I don't I don't. What were we talking about? uh
1: getting jobs, getting jobs you know and risk yeah. and reward you know so okay. to speak of it
0: okay stepping on toes here i mean it's also a parent issue if your kid's 20 years old and doesn't have a license that's that's also on mom and dad you know and yeah, not um, the truth you, you're just you're ignoring the elephant in the room you know you, you you've got uh to make your kids do things that are good for them um that that's just that's just good parenting
2: yeah, and I'm a firm believer that your kids are not done. You're not done parenting your kids at 18 years old. Oh no, it's, it's maybe
1: 25 until yeah. they're
2: until you can look back as a parent and go, "They're good. Mm-hmm. They can have financial problems. They can have marital right. problems, and they're going to be okay on their own."
1: Right. It's not often, thank goodness. I'm 43. If I'm at a crossroads in life, I'll still go to my dad. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's still my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still been doing it much longer than I yeah. have, <laughs> and I still want you know his his two cents. Into a, a major life decision. I don't think you ever get done being, or should get done being a, a you know a, a parent to your kid. Roger that. Now, yes, the relationship me and my dad have now is much different than we had as a kid. My dad was, it's, our dad was a very stern person, and was not to be. It's like not it's to like, be talked to.
0: <laughs> it's like Drew said though.
2: I mean, it's not. I I raised my kid. I am not his friend. I love being his friend. I love being able to be his friend. But me being a disciplinarian. And his father over friend trumps it all the time because and, and friendship comes later
0: actually yeah it's like my exactly. son now I got I got my f- oldest twenty years old he's doing cybersecurity in the in the military um, I got uh, another son he's eighteen years old he's he's um, going to become a firefighter he's done EMS school um, and I mean now that you know I've really established that foundation with my sons and I've invested that time and that discipleship that training. Into my sons to let them know what it means to be a man, not just any man, but to be a man of God, um, and to be a blessing to your family, to your country, to your community. Um, uh, you know, when you put that investment in, the, the earlier they can become your friends, and then you can just start hanging out because you're like you're, you're hanging out with like-minded guys. I
1: mean, we're getting so so crazy in this world that if people would take offense. Whether they say it out loud or not to not not all people, but some people. And they'll be the type of people that are more than willing to comment on an Instagram post. And it'll when you just said, I'm raising my boys to be men. And I assume you're raising your little girls to be women. Absolutely. And as if that's it's it's insinuated if you're raising a boy to be a man that you're raising him under the guise of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. as if being a man and masculinity is is something to to not desire, you know, for 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 your kid, right. you know, for your kid to, to want to emulate and be.
0: Yeah. I mean, what else are you supposed to raise a boy to be? They'll they'll, they'll tell you
1: I mean, they, they you know, it, they they will say things like, uh, you know, compassion and caring and you know, those types of things are traits that that trump, you know, a masculinity. But, well,
0: but those are I traits would, of masculinity I'd, still they're not they're not primary, but they're there oh, yeah, of course. yeah right yeah right you have a soft heart, but you have you have uh, you know um, skin you know of metal uh, you know, well, you know the you have here, a balance and masculinity
2: the masculinity to me the, the, the main difference between toxic masculinity and masculinity or there's tons of scenarios you could run but let's say um, some guy is uh being inappropriate in front of your woman whether it's your girlfriend your wife right how you handle that situation determines whether or not you're a masculine male or you're toxic because a masculine male is going to tolerate it to the point where it's not tolerable anymore and he's going to go handle the problem with that other man i feel like toxic is going to be insecure not feel like he can go confront that other male right. and then somehow Take it out on his woman, whether it be verbally, whether it be mentally, whether it be the holes in the walls, and blame her for something like that. And there's tons of scenarios where yeah. you can. It's passive think, and cowardly. But no it, if you had it. yes, if you had just been masculine and handled it, where yeah. society says you shouldn't do that, you should go handle somebody that does that to you, right? right? And, and it doesn't have to be violence. It can be like, hey, I'm gonna be violent if you don't stop. Right. But
0: yeah, yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree. No
1: doubt about it. Yeah, uh, what you said about, um, you know, compassion and gentleness and, you know, those things are, are, are still manly traits. They are. It, it, it actually reminded me of uh, one of my favorite books, uh, Gates of Fire. And I got to I got to read this real quick. And it, it always hits home to me. It says war, not peace, produces virtue. War, not peace, purges vice. War and preparation for war call forth all that is noble and honorable in a man. It unites him with his brothers and binds them in selfless love, eradicating in the crucible of necessity all which is base and ignoble. There in the holy mill of murder and the meanest of men, they seek and find that part of himself concealed beneath the corrupt, which shines forth brilliantly and virtuous, worthy of honor before God. Do not despise war, my young friend, nor delude yourself that mercy and compassion are virtues superior to manly valor.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. So, yeah, compassion of those they're 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 virtuous, absolutely. But they're not more virtuous than than manly valor, absolutely. Because without you know, um, yeah. What, yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson, you know, up to paraphrase him, says yeah. it best: that with without if if a, if a man's not capable of violence, then he can't then he can't protect anyone. Then he can't do anything about anything. That's right. So just to be a gentle, caring, compassion person as that is, as your top. Priorities You know of, of raising a man Yeah Then you're not raising Someone who can right or wrong
0: That's exactly right Fully agreed Well said
1: Well, well, well said Well I didn't a say it quote But uh, <laughs> But well, I You do, were smart enough but, To quote it Well <laughs> So you get I, some credit Thank you I, I just, I just I I'm going to quote it And I'm going to put Brent Tucker And then Jordan Peterson yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot of books It's what I do Yeah all right. I mean yeah. I'm not a I'm not a PhD candidate can read, Or anything can Read books and no stuff I <laughs> read books and know stuff mm-hmm. the um swing it back around to to first responders so I don't even know if you could count how many how many uh kids have you know have, have kind of you know gone gone through your your, your teaching and and and, uh, and your oversight through through twenty five years but I'd imagine there's a, a part of them that have been kids of first responders is Absolutely. that sure okay and yeah. I mean, the 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 gambit basically. You know, police, police, yeah, uh, kids, uh, law firefighters, enforcement, firefighters, he, yeah, nurses, maybe firefighters,
0: even,
1: firefighters. you know, some, um, police in there, uh, nurses. Sure. How do, um, do, do they fare just like any other kid? What, how, 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 you know, cause they're, I'd imagine I'll just, I don't, yeah. I'll let you answer the question, yeah. but I asked that question because military kids aren't always the best because mm-hmm. you know, their, their dad's always gone. Right. That's not, it's not always true. We're just speaking generalities. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, it's, you know, with with your work schedule and the work schedules of you know of, of law enforcement that works a lot of nights, you know, firefighters that pull twenty four hour shifts. What uh, generally speaking, what's what's the the kids like of first responders that that have yeah, come so, through?
0: So so we don't get any kickback from you know some nasty comments later, or anything like that. That a lot of things that'll be said on this is the it's going to be the the rule. It's going to be the standard. There's always going to be the exception to the rule. Uh, there's always going to be that one exception. Um, that, that, that does well in spite of, you know, things that were stacked against them. Uh, so we're just going to talk about what's usual and customary, and that is, um, you know, parents have to invest time in their kids. And, uh, you know, I, I've had first responder families where uh, they started out really good, um, solid family, uh, great unit. Um, but as, they, uh, as, as their kids got older, uh, life, things got more complex in training children. You know, when they become 13, 14, 15 years old, it just becomes uh, a, a, a more bit time more, intensive. Yeah, absolutely. They they need your time more because um, they're facing difficult issues. You know, they're they're not eight years old anymore. They're not just hanging on every word you say and believing everything that you say. they they're, they're they're you know weighing a lot of things. Um, and some first responder families, you know, sometimes they're sleeping. Uh, you know, the parents are sleeping while the kids are up. Um, yep. and the kids are gone, you know, parents are gone <laughs> yeah. while the kids are sleeping. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had families that both mom and dad are both first responders. And while one mom's coming home, the dad's leaving and, you know, vice versa. Um, that, that can be extremely challenging. And I have seen families hurt, uh, by that family dynamic. Um, at some point, this would be my, you know, I don't, I, I don't have all the answers for a first responder family, but this is for families in general. You just got to invest time in your kids. Um, and if you and if you have a job that doesn't allow you to invest time in training your kids, um, then you – I'm not saying you need to become a – have a different career. Just move left or right within the first responder community where you can invest um, time in your kids. Let that other 25-year-old, you know, uh, work that beat at night or whatever it may be. Yeah, uh, maybe I not
1: take that the, overtime shift. One, or one of, one of my –
2: good friends that work for Flagler County. Um, he just, uh, resigned from major case because he just had a baby and he said, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. He's like, they pulled me in the office and they kind of unofficially told me we're going to need more than 40 hours a week from you. Cause you investigate homicides. Mm. And he goes, can't do it. Talk to my him. wife. He's yeah, like, good I'm for going him. back, going yep. back to the road where you get 15 calendar days off a month. And, yeah,
1: and, and you, yeah, I, I dealt with this at, at my job. I'm sure, you know, you'll deal with it at uh, yours. Um, you never want to say no or or not be there because you have this you have this this driving you know part of you that's like well if I don't do it then who will? But the truth is other people will. <laughs> if I'm not I'm not I'm not over here inciting laziness and say hey just who cares you know it'll get done one way or another. Yeah. But you know within that you know with, with, within that realm like, you know of making these those types of hard decisions if you know. Other people will do the job, if it's an important, you know, life, family decision. You can't, you can't let that be, you know, such a, such a high factor. Well, the
0: military has a saying, right? God, country, uh, family. Is that what it is?
2: Well, they always tell you that in the briefings. But That's not right. what it is, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's 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 God, family, country, right? It's I'm, God, family, country. I'm not. Every, I'm every,
1: not. Here's the problem. I'm not a good soldier. I was, <laughs> <laughs> Every, don't you ask me <laughs> regulations. Don't you ask me hey, quotes or sayings or things I'm supposed country, to know. Man, it's in that order. They all say right. family you know? first and then you it's know? like, if, can, you know,
2: it's family, family, family first. I uh, mean, but even especially where you were at, Brent, if you step away for a second, it's a very, very, very competitive place. And the last thing you want in the back of your head is Brent's not Brent's not uh, giving what everybody else is.
1: giving. Right. And besides that, it's. It is, it's a little bit different. I'm trying to backtrack what I just said, but it, it's a little bit different from other jobs where the skill that I had to constantly be at the top of my game of is a tangible skill. Like I can still go in and clear a room with the best of them, but I can't go in and clear a room with an active Delta force team right now. They'd leave me in the dust. Like I, you know, my, you know, you haven't trained your eyes and your mind and, you know, and, and your, your trigger finger and your, the control of your gun and every, processing that information. That is a tangible skill that, you know, you, t- you take a week off. You know, you're talking of tenths of a second slower. Well, that's the difference between you shooting a teammate and you not shooting a teammate. So it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's definitely a little different, you know, when it comes to that. But not always. There are things that I, looking back, I wish I wouldn't have done that I didn't need to do because I thought that I couldn't miss anything ever. And that's just not the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we've seen a lot of changes in our country. And, you know, there's a lot of variables to that. But one of those variables is the way that we do family. Uh, We've lost a lot of old-fashioned, you know, standards that people have thrown off because they're old-fashioned, you know. And um, uh, parents got invested. So the, the Bible in Deuteronomy 6 it's it's a famous um, chapter uh, for the Jews. It was it was right when the the Israelites were going to go into the Promised Land. It was going to be a prosperous land, full of milk and honey, right? And it, it was just it was the Promised Land. Uh, There's going to be a lot of prosperity there. God had a lot of blessings and plan for them. But this is what God told Israel to do. If you're going to go in that land, this is how you're going to operate. You are going to train your children. That was that was like the the number one thing that he told them right in the beginning you're going to train your children when you sit in your house when you walk by the way and when you lie down all day long as much as possible you're going to train your children specifically in the precepts of the lord uh what is right what is wrong and why what is truth what is reality why do we do what we do why do we talk this way and not this way why do we act this way and not this way not because we told you so but because this is what God is like, and this is what God has said. And God said, the reason you're going to want to teach your children like this is because when you go into a prosperous land, like we have a prosperous country here in America, those kids are going to grow up, and they're going to have kids, and eventually they're going to trust in the prosperity of their nation more than they're going to trust in the God who gave them that prosperous nation. And that's what I see today. I see families in the last couple of generations have— Um, failed to hold the line of passing down that legacy of that Judeo-Christian worldview to the next generation. And in some cases, we've subcontracted that responsibility to the church or to a youth pastor like myself. And you cannot subcontract your fatherly responsibility. The Bible says fathers, train your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Uh, Train up the children the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. And so that's that's what the Bible says. we're, we're supposed to do as fathers.
1: It's interesting to say. That. I don't uh, I don't normally quote Hitler, but but uh, <laughs> <let, laughs> not
2: ready. This for is going to get good. I was so <laughs> like this, intrigued. but
1: but this is uh, he he said when they when uh, Nazi Germany was talking about you know t- uh, you know taking over, a lot of people wanted him to do away with churches. And his pushback to that was, you know, he said, to paraphrase him, let them keep their churches. I don't want to fight that fight. What can their church do in one day that my schools can't undo in five days? And 14,000 that's
0: 14,000 desk hours from first grade to 12th grade.
1: Yeah, and it's so true. You, you know, the, but basically, you just said you can't subcontract it out no. because you know, the, the youth pastor has a Wednesday night with your kid. You know, the the school has five full days with your kid, and if you're not asking them what did they learn today, mm-hmm. what are they being taught, how was your day, then then you will fall behind.
0: And you got to be there to ask those questions, today, <laughs> yeah, you know? right? And and that's yeah. just and that's some hard look. I, I was a youth pastor for uh, I've been in youth ministry 25 years as a youth pastor for 20. Um, I could have I've could have been a pastor, uh, uh, you know, a senior pastor. I could have done that. I chose not to. Because I knew that being a youth pastor, one, I loved being, I I I did, I just enjoyed uh, helping mold the next generation of our country. But more than that, to be honest with you, it was because it was an opportunity to be a youth pastor to my kids. And I knew that I would have more time as a youth pastor with my four kids as they grow up than I would if I was a senior pastor. Let me ask
2: you a question. Did you ever have guilt about Uh, being there for other kids growing up and, you know, obviously no one's perfect no matter how much you try, no matter how good you are. You're never going to be the perfect father because you're a human being. Did you ever have guilt that, you know, you were spending time with other kids or did you balance it to where you're, I don't want to make it sound bad, but your children were priority before anybody else's children?
0: Well, I think every man, especially if you don't work like a nine to five job, because you work a nine to five job, you know, you're there nine to five, is done, you know, mm. but if you have the opportunity to work more, if you choose to, uh, I think every man has that struggle, you know, if I'm at home, then maybe I'm slacking at work. And if I'm at work, maybe I'm slacking at home Damn, and it's bro. a hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I In think every mind. man, uh, <laughs> you know, rides that yeah. fence. I wrestles think it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. That way you don't right. slack at work and you don't slack at home, yeah. and you gotta uh, you just gotta keep that tension. Um, I, I, for me, I, I was spoiled. I, I was a, I was a youth pastor, so I could um, I could include my kids, you know, mm-hmm. as as much as I, I could, or the church would let me sometimes, um, and they helped me out a lot as a youth pastor. You know, they were my my little uh, grocery grabbers, my do boys. Um, they helped me out a lot, and so <laughs> no. Uh, um, I didn't experience that as far as hanging out with other kids and I felt like, well, I could be hanging out with my kids. Um, I tried to include my kids as much as I could when I could, but, but I did experience like most men that balance between work and, and home. And, and when you're at one, you feel like you're failing the other. Yeah. it's Wow.
1: So you mentioned, you mentioned Deuteronomy early, uh, earlier and kind of want to, what, uh, what I, I want to get around to, to asking you as, and uh, and talking with you about is, so it make up a number, there's 20 different Christian churches, uh, in America, yet they all believe the same Bible, you know? So, you know, you're going to reference the Bible a lot with, and, and you always have with, with any of your arguments, like none of your arguments are ever Baptist based or Catholic based. It, it goes, it goes back to the Bible.
0: Absolutely.
1: Why? It'll be a two part question. Um, but I'll give you the, I'll, I'll ask you the first part and then when you're done, I'll ask you the second part. Um, why do we have twenty different denominations that all believe the same Bible?
0: That's a great question. In fact, when um, I started down this road, uh, when I was about 19, 20 years old, you know, you know, God just changed my heart, changed my direction. Uh, I never read a book in, in high school. Uh, I was a jock. Um, I like sports, uh, girls, and cars—not always in that order. But um, was that
1: was that a uh, because you went to Seminole High School or? Uh, or is that just because you didn't want to read a book? I don't. Did Seminole High School not not you know, ask you to you read a book? Up, it might have yeah, been. It may have, yeah, made it. Yeah, made more of a Seminole High School <laughs> issue than it was you. Uh,
0: yeah, it was it, it was, it was uh, easy. Anyway, the yeah, I, I, and I did two years of college as well in Pensacola, and I didn't read a book there. And um, uh, but I passed everything. But you know, when God got a hold of my life, I thought to myself, "Man, I, I can't. How can you? Know, how can you serve a God you don't know?" And, man, i got a lot of friends that get different opinions about religion and denominations and stuff like that. Well, maybe I believe the way that I believe because I was raised this way or that way, and they believe the way they believe because they were raised this way or that way. So, you know what? I better just know God for me, not through a pastor, not through a church, not through my mom and dad or grandparents. But um, I'm going I'm to buckle down and start reading. So I did. Uh, started reading the Bible, started reading books about the Bible. And one of the things that I read in the beginning was um, Church History by, I think, David Kelly. Um, It was my first book I ever read, and it was 1,000 pages. (laughs) I mean, way to just kind of jump right in the pool, right? Yeah. Um, Surprised
2: uh, you didn't forget how to read.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't a fast reader. And and reading is a muscle. Uh, You know, if you don't use that muscle, um, you know, I would read for like five minutes and want to fall asleep, you know? But I also found out you, you, you do read what you're passionate about, yeah. you know, cause I did read about muscle car magazines and <laughs> bodybuilding magazines, right. you know, that I did read. And I was you know, interested in, when I became interested in truth, I, uh, I uh, all of a sudden could read for a long time because I was, I, I was hungry for the truth. And so yeah. I went into church history to find out that, that question, you know, why do we have so many different denominations? And um, so it's a 2,000-year process of why we have so many different denominations. Most of them came out of the Reformation, all right, which took place in the 17th century. Uh, So there, there are lots of different reasons why we have these different ones. But the number one reason, the number one reason is hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is a fancy word for, it's the science and art of interpreting the Bible. And there is... The law. The, the, there are the laws of language that you need to abide by when you're reading anything. And if you don't abide by the laws of language, such as context, historical context, grammar, uh, syntax, um, but you're you're going to use Bible verses to say whatever you want them to say because right. you don't take them in proper context. Mm. I, I've taken advanced courses in Greek and Hebrew. Um, But I will tell you this, a person who can read their Bible in their language and study the context and give it time and be an investigator, look at the clues before the verse and after the verse and really understand the context, you're going to understand your Bible better than anybody who knows Greek and Hebrew.
1: Well, so that takes me to the second question. So we're going to talk a lot about, uh, you know, the Bible. As as you already have, because that is the the foundation of, of of your belief system, of the Christian belief system. What about people who say, "Can can you believe the Bible? Can the Bible be trusted? It's written by fallible men over thousands of years. How do we know the Bible's trustworthy?"
0: Right, you say that about any book, couldn't you? Um well, why the Bible? A lot of people say, well, you know, the Bible has been copied so many times, right? right. You hear that all the time. Uh, the Bible has been copied so many times. How do you know that you know, what you have is, is, is what was original? And the answer is actually in the charge. The fact that the Bible has been copied so many times, we know that the Bible hasn't been tampered with. Because we have thousands and thousands of manuscript evidence we're able to compare that too. On top okay. of that, we have church lectures we have uh, church writings, commentaries that have so much Bible in those books outside of Bible manuscripts. We have tens of thousands of manuscript witness that show that our Bible has not been tampered with. That, that's true for the New Testament. Then when you go to the Old Testament, you have the Dead Sea Scrolls, right, which, took, which uh, go, goes back um, o- over two centuries before Jesus. And then you look at our Old Testament that we have today, and you find out it's 98 to 99% the exact same information. Nothing's been tampered with. Um, the only difference usually is just a couple of omissions, some misspellings, nothing that changes any doctrine or teaching. Um, uh, the Bible is from God, and God has preserved it, absolutely.
2: Can I ask you a question? Just for people that might not understand, you know, I, I've said this on an, a podcast before, Um like man's man's a sinner, man's flawed, man's a liar, man's imperfect. Um why should someone trust something that's written down by man? As 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 trust it like the Bible as you would say like oh, you know, exactly. literally it's the Bible, it's what you yes. go by.
0: Absolutely. So the Bible claims, the Bible claims to be the word of God. So it it claims to um uh, not be just mere from mere men, but prophets of God. Prophets are those who speak for God. Now, it, how do you believe such a claim? You have to have support for such a claim, right? So what's the supernatural evidence of the Bible? Well, there's several that you know we could talk about. Goodness gracious, this could be its own podcast. And am try to keep it really short and, and brief, and, and, and you, guys, oh. you guys will want to know more. But um, the, the number one is, to me, it's the power to predict. No other book on the planet, none, has the ability to predict the future. Now, there's plenty of religions out there that have end-of-the-world doomsday prophecies. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about prophecies that were foretold, and we see in history that they were fulfilled. The Bible made predictions about, obviously, the nation of Israel, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, uh, Greece, Rome, Alexander the Great, and the number one prophecy that the bible uh did is the prophecy concerning the coming of jesus christ christmas you would think that christmas if god came to earth that'd be a pretty big deal well, i right. think every year christmas is a pretty big deal and there's 125 prophecies in the old testament that predicted the coming of jesus christ right. when he would be here and what conditions he would be here uh
1: and Jesus isn't just a biblical figure; he's a he's a historical figure that's been mentioned outside of the Bible as well. There's no there's, there's no there's no debating whether Jesus was was real or not.
0: No, no they do now. Two thousand <laughs> yeah. years after Christ, you got all these people that say Jesus never existed, and they also say the Holocaust never <laughs> took place. You know, uh, the, the, these people are crazy. And what I say to that? Well, of course we've got we've got at least ten witnesses outside the Bible that speak of Jesus Christ, but on t- but, but more than that, we have debates among early Christian teachers and Greek philosophers in the second and third century. They had debates as to whether Christianity was true or not, and the enemies of Christianity never once brought up the idea that Jesus probably never existed. Well, and another thing too—that
2: kind of answered my own question when I was listening to you talk—is um, that the whole point of it is faith. So the people that want proof, I want proof that God exists. Like you're not gonna get that, um, and you know, and that—that and that is 2023. We have everything I want right now. I could Google something right now <laughs> and get proof of whether it exists or not. And I think faith is like kind of the whole point of believing—is that you're not gonna get proof, and that
1: sucks. But again, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah. We don't have proof that evolution exists. Mm-hmm. I Show me a fossil of a half snake, half bird that was in the middle of evolving and is a fossil.
0: Yeah. Show me proof that life came from non-life. Show me proof of abiogenesis or spontaneous so, generation. So
1: it seems like it takes a little bit of faith in whatever you believe. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it, it, I actually don't have enough faith to believe in a lot of the theories of, uh, of some of the scientific theories. It takes more faith to, uh, to believe in some of those science stories than it does uh, the Bible. We, but you're right, faith. But here's the, here's what faith is not. Faith is not a jump in the dark. Faith is a, can be a reasonable faith. Mm-hmm. There's an unreasonable faith. Right? There, there, there's, there's a faith that says if I strap my, um, a bomb to my chest and I walk into this bus full of school children and blow it up, I go straight to um, paradise with 70 virgins and a, and a, and a river full of wine. Um, that's, that's, that person has faith too. But is their faith reasonable? And, and a couple of reasons why faith in the Bible is reasonable is one, the power to predict. No other book on the planet has the supernatural information that the Bible does. Men cannot predict what the Bible has predicted. Um, that, that's one. The second is um, the Bible is different in all other religious writings and the fact that the Bible ties its information to actual human history. All other world religions, save for the Mormon religion, do not tie their teachings to actual historical events. See, Islam... Hinduism, Buddhism, their teachings, their pillars of their belief system can stand whether uh, whether history is true or false. doesn't matter because their information is not tied to history. The Bible, on the other hand, the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law that s- sets up Judaism, if the, if the historical truth that the Exodus didn't happen, right, why would anybody take the Ten Commandments seriously, right? That that's an actual historical event. The person of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the apostles and the early church, those things stand mm-hmm. and fall whether Jesus actually existed and did what he did. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the Bible sets itself up as a vulnerable text because if what it says about history and places isn't true, then you can't take the teachings very seriously. All other world religions don't have that vulnerability, but the Bible does. Mm-hmm.
1: Well there's one thing I want to circle back to and yeah, people, you know, Going to have their uh, comments about what I said about uh, evolution. Um, anyone listen to this, please go listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. He had on Stephen Mayer, which is a Christian scientist, and he does a great job of debunking evolution right there in front of Joe Rogan, who is not a, a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he slowly turns. It's a it's a long podcast, my I man. I won't even do it justice by trying to uh, trying to make that argument. Just just go to that podcast, please, and listen to it. You mentioned the um, the Ten Commandments, you know, with the the uh, with with the Exodus. Got a few questions for you. Okay. Keep in mind, we got fifteen minutes left. Oh generally speaking. Generally speaking. There's going to definitely be a part two. How yeah. many pastors so, have said we got fifteen minutes left? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. As a military man and here with, with with law enforcement and, you know, a lot of the, the same that are, are out there listening. How do you how do we reconcile commandments like thou shalt not kill when when our jobs at times that depend on it?
0: All right. Great question. Um, you know, uh, the, the Hebrew word for, for kill, um, it, all the newer versions uh, say murder. Uh, and there's a reason for that. The, the Hebrew word can actually be used as kill or murder. Um, w- w- we don't have real specific words either. You know, w- w- we say kill and murder are different words, right? But a killer, that, that almost sounds like a murderer as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of overlap a little bit. Same thing with those words in the Hebrew. Um, the, uh, the, the Hebrew word there in the, in the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill, is better translated thou shalt not murder because because if you do a word study on that word that word is used to describe murderers the noun murderers throughout the Old Testament and so it, it's better translated thou shalt not murder but even if you have thou shalt not kill like in the King James which is a great version of the Bible as well you already God already instructed human beings to kill uh, before the Ten Commandments um, this is very important um, and, and you go to Genesis 9 And it's when Noah gets off the ark. uh, And it's just after God destroys the world, cleanses the world with with water. um, Because men did continuous evil before the flood. They did what was right in their own eyes. There was no human government. And so God established human government right when Noah got off the ark. And that human government was, hey, look, if someone kills somebody, if someone murders somebody by mankind that person is going to be put to death. So capital punishment was established right there when Noah got off the ark.
1: Now that's not, is that, is that uh, referencing the eye for an eye for tooth for a tooth? Cause, cause that's how I live my life. I'm petty like that. Eye for an eye tooth for a tooth, which, which, which that means is, you know, what, what you do to me, I have to do back to you. You have to do it. I, I have, it's biblical. It's biblical. It's, it's in, in the Bible. B- <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will, I will quote that Bible verse while I get you back. Is that, did I take that out of context? You know, don't Not answer. I don't want to. Not completely. I don't, don't want to know. <laughs> <don't wanna> know. <laughs> <laughs> it's best to live in our own world. No doubt about it.
0: But you know, uh, Cain, Cain killed Cain killed Abel. Right? There was no. That was when like one quarter of the Earth's population was was destroyed. Right? Uh, was Adam, and Eve, Cain, and Abel. Uh, <laughs> it's so, a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. Cain Cain killed Abel. There wasn't any consequences of that. You know, there's a guy named Lamech. He killed a guy in Genesis. Um, there was no consequences, and and because of without that, uh, liberty with law, um, you know, it it was anarchy for, for mankind and it ended up in, in God's judgment. And so, um, God established human government when Noah got off the ark and said, we're going to, if anybody kills another person, uh, men, not, not a man, not vengeance, but there's going to be a due process of mankind putting those people to death. Um, and, and I'd, I'd like to actually read, um, Romans 13, because one day I would love to see Romans 13, uh, one through, uh, seven on police cars everywhere. That would be awesome. If we Ooh, could let's have hear that, it. Let's hear uh, Romans 13, one, seven would be a- an awesome t-shirt as well, because that to me, this is the passage of scripture for every law enforcement. Um, Romans 13, one through seven, it goes as this, it says, um, here, let me get a different, um version here real quick. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. So those who are an authority over citizens, they've been put there by God. They're ordained by God. And it says, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. We say that all the time, right? If you do what the officer tells you to, then that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. True. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and <laughs> you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is the servant of god an avenger who carries out god's wrath on the wrongdoer i love that and in our modern uh vernacular we would say he doesn't carry the gun in vain you see this sword is not a taser these soldiers who acted like cops or military both yeah they, they 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 wore both those hats um, they didn't carry the sword in vain because of wrongdoers. And a sword is not a taser. A club would be a taser. Yeah. He didn't carry a club, he carries a sword. A sword is for running a man through. And so it's lethal force. And the God, and this is New Testament. This isn't Old Testament stuff. This is New Testament, it says. And it says that these, these authorities, like law enforcement and, and, and those who create our laws, they're there, ordained by God, and they're servants of God. I've been a minister of God in a spiritual sense. But these men and women are ministers of God, called by God to do God's service, to do difficult things.
1: Well, Go ahead. so, so Go ahead. I just, uh, we, were, we were putting that part of the show out live, and I just got a, a, a tweet from BLM076, hmm. who said nice. the, the Bible is racist.
0: Hmm. Well, I, I'd encourage you That's, to read it.
1: That's that's yeah. what that's what Romans just kind of sounded like, oh. you know, resisting arrest. Resisting arrest. That's it's, exactly that's, what it sounded like. It's it's saying you can't resist arrest. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I Have to. I mean, we're, that's probably we're, we're uh, there was probably,
2: probably liberal mindset back then too. There had to have been. Oh,
1: now look, for sure.
0: guys. In the chapter before this, it says that we are to be kind to our enemies. Right? We're, we are the chapter right before this says we're supposed to give food to our enemies, drink to our enemies, be kind to our enemies. And that's what we do in jail. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I'm serious. All right. and that's and what and we, that's, that's so with the one that's today. what we do in POW <laughs> camps,
1: and that's what we do in jail.
0: Because this is it. This is where people get off on that. Because I heard, uh, uh, you know, one of our presidents, this shall not be named, make fun of the Bible on a day of prayer. Because he said this is not a Christian country, uh, <clears> Obama. <throat> um, that, and he said because if we ran our country by Christian principles, our, our, our country wouldn't be here because it says we're supposed to be kind to our enemies. So how in the world can our military be kind to our enemies? How can we um, protect our country and be kind to our enemies? Because he's taking the Bible out of context. It is the individual's responsibility to be kind to their enemies, to be compassionate, to be merciful, to be civil. It is government's responsibility to execute justice yes. God says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Do not take revenge on people who have done you wrong. And then Romans 13 starts. And Romans 13 says, this is how God takes vengeance on wrongdoers. Yeah. He has put these authority figures in our lives yeah. uh, to punish the wrongdoer. You know, and, 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 like, that's,
1: and that's why God created the Delta Force.
0: Amen. That's exactly right. Uh,
1: we're, it's a biblical unit. It's a biblical unit. Well,
2: and and, and so also, is every
0: city police force in our nation, dude. I've I sat from me to Brent
2: after after a scuffle, guys in handcuffs, and it's like no harm, no foul, right? And they're like, yeah, you're good, man. It's, cause, <laughs> it's, like, it's not. It's just business. Yeah. I'm not out. Yeah. I, I don't personally hate him. You know, if right. he wants water, if he's covered in grass, yes. wipe him off. You know, yeah, it's,
0: absolutely. All uh,
1: right, uh, we got we got a, we got a lot to get to. And I know, and I know you are your father's son, so short answers aren't, aren't your forte. And I, understand, and I understand why they have to be long. I mean, for, to yeah. give a good answer. Yeah. So I'm Crazy not. Right over here. He's giving you shit for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard three hours of podcasts. Times, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, thou shalt not kill moves us into you know, uh, you know, something that's, um, that's rampant in both the law enforcement, uh, the first responder world, and military. Does the Bible have anything to say about suicide?
0: It doesn't have anything directly to say about suicide, not directly, uh, because there are some verses in the Bible that don't need to be there. You know, don't kill yourself. Uh, that's, most people get that. You know, you know, you know it's just uh, <laughs> it's it's, insinuated. Yeah. You know, um, you, you feed yourself, you clothe yourself, you know, you like a comfortable bed. Uh, that, that's the norm. Uh, killing yourself, that's not the norm. But you go back to uh, when Noah got off the, the, the ark, God said, hey, look, the reason we're going to do capital punishment. The reason we're going to do harm to people who harm other people is because people are created in the image of God. And that is why we are so valuable. We are created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. That means we have wisdom that the animals don't have. We, we have a sense of beauty and virtue and righteousness, good and evil, right and wrong. Uh, we are incredible creatures that God has created, and he has bestowed his likeness on us. That's why, no. that's why um, killing us is a very bad thing so if you kill yourself you're also eliminating uh the image of god which is very precious to god furthermore and i'll be in with this and that is throughout the bible it says that god is the life giver and that god takes away life god gives life and god takes away it's life. not says yours that in the old yeah. testament says that in the new testament and if god gives you life it's not yours to take
2: i think it's the catholics that are extremely harsh on suicide like you don't get into heaven and, and the only thing that i've researched that i could find is if you're going to look at it like that, um, 99.9999% of all the candidates that commit suicide don't fall into the you can't come to heaven thing because they're sick. They're affected by it. in the In the in the Catholic thinking, I guess, is yeah. that, you know, you're influenced by evil when you do that. There's something influencing you. You're not right, right. mentally. Yeah. And another thing, too, is like a lot of things, it, you know, it's. It, i i feel it's meant for the person that is sacrificing themselves to something else you know and a lot of these a lot of cults i mean mm. people i don't want to jump into that that's a whole other podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. too. but <laughs> people self-sacrifice to appease other gods right and yeah. i'm assuming sure. that's what god was saying is you don't just kill yourself to you know that's why tattoos and piercings and all that stuff that was all that's not really what he meant like me and brent having some tattoos right. you No, know.
0: that's not what was meant in the old testament but to, to dovetail on that Uh, Yes, it's very popular to believe that if you commit suicide, you go straight to hell. It's like a first-class ticket to hell. And that's not true. The Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. Um, and And the Bible is very clear that we are saved by grace, through faith, through Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ paid the debt that we could not pay because we are sinners. And we're tainted. And there's no amount of good deeds that can earn heaven because our good deeds are already spoiled by the crap we've done. And so we we have, we have broken eternal laws uh, toward an eternal God. And so what we needed was an eternal payment paid. And that's what Easter is all about, okay? Uh, Christmas and Easter. And that's what salvation is. It's faith in Christ. It's that Christ paid the price we could never pay. He rose from the grave. He conquered death. He conquered sin in our place. And salvation is faith in Him and what He did for us. And, and of course true faith um, lives for him and, and has evidence that you have that faith. Now, with that said, Christians can do terrible things. And there are terrible Christians in the Bible did did terrible things. Um, Christians are not perfect. And so, yeah, Christians can have a really bad day, commit suicide. doesn't mean that they went to hell. But uh, they, that also doesn't mean they went to heaven. I mean, because um, if, if a person um, committed, you know, it, look, God is the judge of their heart, their soul, not us. Yeah, that's very true.
1: What about so you said that? uh, Yeah, and I can I've heard this argument before, but that uh, you know we we made in His likeness, we're so much different. uh, You know, with I mean, and you mentioned our communication skills. I've heard people say dolphins have a very advanced communication skill, and and so do apes, and that always makes me laugh because I think. Okay. Well, as soon as their communication skill gets to a level they can build a space shuttle and go to the moon like us. Yeah. Let let me know. Yeah. I'll 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 put them on par, you know, right. When Absolutely. they when they start when monkeys start building apparatuses to breathe underwater, you know, like, like we do, yeah. I, I I will start taking that argument serious. When they it's, start a, it's a it's documentaries <laughs> on us. Right. It's those <laughs> the arguments are, are so are so out that I don't think people think about what what they what they say. Um so on on top of killing and suicide, how about uh, abortions and killing babies?
0: Abortion. What what is the
1: biblical stance on that? All right, does the Bible st- does the Bible have a stance on it?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Exodus again, going back to the Old Testament, uh, Exodus twenty one verses twenty two and twenty five. What you have there is um, the establishment. The same thing in Florida. Florida law. Our Florida law is based on that Bible verse, and that is if if you have if you have two men and they're fighting against each other, and one accidentally hits a pregnant woman, um, if uh, nothing happens, to that child, um, then the 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 husband can say what kind of penalty that he wants from that man, and the judges of the town are the ones who adjudicate whether you know that's going to be acceptable or not. But if the baby comes out injured, that's the eye for the eye, tooth for a tooth, wound for a okay. wound, burn yeah. for a burn. It says all those things. So if that baby comes out blind, guess what happens to that man who uh, almost, who uh, accidentally hit that pregnant woman?
1: Whoa. He leaves town before the baby's born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if insane. he, if it he might had any to. foresight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so, um, and of course, if that baby is killed, then that man is put to death. And that's why, in our even in our Florida statutes, you have a double homicide if um, uh, you you have a, a a mother who is with child who's killed uh, because of somebody's irresponsibility or because of their anger. Um, that's a, that's a double homicide. Uh, what, what, we could go into a gentleman named Sir William uh, Blackstone. Uh, he was. Um, the, he was a lawyer. He wrote the book Common Law, uh, of, uh, Common England Law. Uh, he is basically the father of American law. Mm. Uh, for the first century, all of our laws was based on Sir William Blackstone. Sir William Blackstone started his law book on crea- with creation. There's probably more Bible verses in his law book than a lot <laughs> of uh, Bible commentaries today. Yeah. That's what our country is established on. Our legal system is based on the mosaic law not word for word not perfect but the principles of the mosaic law is found in the old testament and then to also on the abortion issue uh psalm 139 is the is the major chapter on that one psalm 139 i encourage everyone to go read it um the the first half of the chapter it's all about god knowing that child the unborn child And florida statute actually calls it the unborn child um Knowing the unborn child, when that child is in the womb, God knew that child when it was being formed, before anybody ever knew it, before he ever had any days, God knew that child. And so uh, the only reason we're having this conversation for Powerful. the most part is, yeah. um, is our, our technology to be able to do it safely.
1: So um, we're going to write down this list of, we we'll hit all the hot topics and uh, make... Make you the bad guy of anyone who doesn't like the answers, and that's wow. fine. That's fine by us. I'm sure, I, it's, and I'm it's sure, sure it's fine by you. Right. I didn't write the book. I didn't I'll
2: I'll be even the worst bad guy. I think abortion is is like the gates to hell just opened up a little bit more in 2023. <laughs> the <laughs> amount of acceptance to abortion, um, and people being turned into confusing women's rights and entangling
1: abortion in there. Yeah. My, you know, are you kidding right. me? Like, yeah. I I always say you know the the you know. My body, my choice, you know, what's, where's the women's rights in that? Mm -hmm. And I always say you, you, you had, you had a choice when you decided to engage in an act that, that reproduces babies. Like that's where you made the choice. Once you have the baby in your stomach, it's, it's too late. You know, so the, the choice is always yours. If you don't want a baby, don't do baby making things. There's, there's your choice. And the
0: choice is to obey God. And, and the, where that starts is obviously God gifted man with sex. He did. It's, it's private. It's intimate. But man in his rebellion likes to make sex casual, public, mm-hmm. and easy. Um, and sex is designed for the marriage covenant. It's designed for the safety and the security and the intimacy of the marriage covenant. And when you decide to do God's gifts your way instead of God's way, we run into all kinds of trouble. And so it started all the way back then in a a person's decision of whether they're going to live for God or live for themselves, even even before the choice to have sex. Um, And, uh, you know, it's not their body. That baby has its own DNA, his own blood type, his own gender. uh, So it's not her body. You're right, Tyler. It's about the woman's, uh, woman's rights. A woman wants to be able to pursue her education and pursue her career Without the inconvenience of an unwanted child, mm-hmm. and it's over money. That's what it's about.
1: Moving on. Um, this this will continue our our uh, our discussion on on hot topics. Homosexuality. Does the Bible talk about homosexuality? Does the Bible have a a um, a, a clear? You hear that? A clear moment on that. Here comes the internet. It's yeah, oh yeah. For you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, and, and as always, uh, if, if Drew's a messenger, if, is, as long as you quote Bible scriptures, it seems like you don't have a problem with us, you don't yeah. have a problem with Drew, you have, a, you have a problem with the Bible.
0: All right, so uh, look, it's not my opinion, you, 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 have to, you have to go with the Bible, and if you're not going with the Bible, uh, please message me a better text, please message me a better worldview, uh, please, please message me a better standard of truth. Um, if, you, if you can point me to that, then we can go to that. But, it, but if you don't, then we have to go with the best-selling book of all time, Five Billion Sold. Um, that's, that's the Bible. This is what the Bible says. In Leviticus twenty thirteen. it says that a man shall not lay with another man as, like a woman. And then, of course, people jump on that real fast say, well, we're not under the law anymore. Eh, that's true. We're not under the law anymore. Um, so you go to the New Testament, and the New Testament tells us to flee sexual immorality doesn't tell you what sexual immorality is. Why? Because it taught us what sexual immorality was where.
1: In the Old Testament. In the Old yeah. Testament,
0: okay? So there are some things in the Old Testament that blend over into the New Testament. Well, how do you know which ones are which? Read your New Testament, you will find out. And so yes, you're supposed to flee sexual immorality and you're not men are not supposed to have sex with men, women are not supposed to have sex with women and doesn't stop there. You're also not supposed to have sex with your uncle. Right? With, with your stepmom, there are other sexual uh, laws in the book of Leviticus that, you, that they're there. He's just
1: going down <laughs> Pornhub right no, now. Just, uh, yeah, <laughs> just going <laughs> right, down right, uh, the video. And I was like, I shouldn't be laughing and, and, right and now. And then, <laughs> and
0: then let's not stop there. It says quit having sex with animals. All right, bestiality. Yeah. And that's going on today, too. So um, uh, let's not just pick on you know the homosexuals. Look, there's a whole bunch of other sexual acts that are wrong and we know they're wrong and it's because of leviticus um i want to read you another new testament passage of scripture it's super duper clear since i you know, i'm sure people are going to want some uh, new testament stuff it says this this is first corinthians 6 starting verse 9 it says do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither the sexual immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor men who practice homosexuality nor thieves nor greedy nor drunkards nor revilers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god it's just it's that simple but here's my take on it the, the bible is very clear that and the bible doesn't call it homosexuality it calls it sodomy and in fact it was on our law books for a long time that sodomites or sodomy was against the law we've The further we get away from the law of God, the further we get away from truth. And that's what Romans 1 says. Romans 1 says that homosexuality is a um, natural symptom of a culture that departs from the truth of God. But homosexuality is actually more a heterosexual problem than a homosexual problem. Do I have your attention? How is Go that? on. Okay. Here it is. We had sexual immorality among heterosexuals in our country running rampant long before we had a homosexual issue in this country. And the reason is because the heterosexuals don't want to be told who they're not allowed to have sex with. Mm. They don't want to be told you can't have sex with that person because you're not married. They don't want to be told you can't have sex with that person because you're already married to that person and you can't have sex with that person. (laughs) That went on for decades in this country and people turned a blind eye to it long before the homosexual thing came out. And when the homosexuals came on the scene, how can the heterosexual community say you can't have sex with those people? They'll say why. And then they'll say, but you have sex with this girl and that girl and that girl. And it's right. like high five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the homosexual issue that we have in our country is actually here because of heterosexual sins.
1: That's 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 actually is a, a, is a, re- that a bomb yeah. drop right there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that coming. I, I'm your brother. I haven't heard that argument yet. You <laughs> sa- saving some stuff for the podcast for you. <laughs> I don't remember all the stuff I know. I don't know that. Well, we normally end with a uh, with with a funny story. But what I'd what i'd like to ask you actually i don't know if you remember this or not i came to to visit texas and uh you were talking to um you know to to the youth group and as a father of three daughters you told a story that i have i have i have have told many times to to teammates and, and friends uh and it was powerful about uh about a, a man in his Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Do, do, you remember, yeah. do you remember, do you remember, do you remember
0: Yeah. I'm going to give credit where credit to do. I, I heard the story from a great uh, preacher named, uh, Vody Votie a uh, great big black man from Texas. I, I, I encourage people to, to listen to him. He's a great teacher. Um, this is how the story goes. Uh, there's a, there's a young man, he's 16 years old and, uh, you know, he's excited. It's Friday night and, and he's, he's got a, a pretty thing that he wants to take out on that Friday night. And, uh, and he, he drives up to the house. He knocks on the door, and you know, classic fashion. There's the father of the house. He's he's cleaning his shotgun. Uh, he's got a shovel next to him, you know, and um, he's giving him the 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 stank eye, uh, and um, and and the sixteen year old says, "Well, sir, is she ready?" And he goes, "Well, we we're gonna have to go over some ground rules for first boy, you know." As he cleans his shotgun, he says, um, "You you know she means the world to me, don't you?" He says, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I do. I do know that. He says, uh, you, you, you know, I, I have this shotgun and I have this shovel. And I'm not afraid to use it, right? He says, yes, sir. I understand. I understand completely. He says, well, what time are you can have her back tonight? He says, I was thinking maybe, maybe 10, 10 o'clock. He says, oh, boy, you're going to have to do better than that. He says, at 930? He says, let's have her back tonight, 9 o'clock, okay? That's your first time. This you know, settle down, 9 o'clock. He's okay, I'll, I'll have her back, 9 o'clock, on the dot. He says, all right. And so then the father of the house, he goes up the stairs, and he grabs the keys to a 2024 cherry red Ferrari worth a half a million dollars. And he brings those keys downstairs to the front door of the house, and he hands them to the 16-year-old boy, and he says, son, treat her right, get her back on time.
1: Now, when you said that, I was floored because I was like, "What? I'm a car guy. No one's no one's giving their Ferrari." You know, I don't know where you're going with the story, but that's not true. <laughs> I'm looking around all the guys, you know, in, in your youth group, and they're all looking. They're all looking at each other like, "That's not going to happen." And and then that's when you you hit them with the moral of the story.
0: Yeah, Tyler, that's the first time you heard that story. It's the first time. Or what? What are your thoughts when you hear that story?
1: I'm still digesting it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it What what's what's the what's crazy?
0: Nobody would ever give a half million dollar Ferrari to a sixteen year old. Everybody knows what that sixteen year old boy is going to do with a half million dollar Ferrari. He's going to take it out on a joyride. The problem with our culture and the problem with our family evolution or devolvement is that our daughters are worth more than a half million dollar Ferrari. Are they not?
2: They're worth on you can't. It's not possible to even put value on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So why in the world would we let our 16-year-old daughter go out alone with a 16-year-old boy? Don't you know what he would like to do?
2: Brent's staring a hole in me.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you. Because I know he's
1: going back to 16-year-old Brent. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> telling you. That, that story hit me hard. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, you're absolutely right. I would never let him drive my Corvette yeah. or, you know, or anything, right. much less. And if, and if a guy wouldn't let a 16-year-old boy go take his, his vehicle out, unintended and without knowing who he is and just walks up to my, my doorstep one day, why in the world would I ever give him something as precious as my daughter to take out?
0: I use that story to shock people because the people, they get it. And that is not the only place where we have lost old fashioned ways, Uh, an old way of raising children and, 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 and being proactive and parenting and discipling our children and, getting them ready for the next, uh, the next stage in their life. Um, and and so we have more, our kids have more value and and they, they need our investment. They need our time. And what they need more than anything is they need the truth of God's word in their life. And we need to do what God said to Israel, who is about to enter into a prosperous nation. And that is when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, you are always reminding your kids we live this way, we think this way, we act this way because this is who God is.
1: I'll leave it at that. Uh, I'll tell you, if you have any other questions, love or hate for Drew, um, we'll uh, open them up on the, on the Patreon.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things that I said I was going to get better at. We're going to do that more.
1: Yep, a- ask him questions. he uh, any an- any questions anybody he'll, has. Yeah. He'll be more than happy, sure. I-, I assure you. And if it uh, ends up being a call, with them, be sure you block out thirty to forty-five minutes for every simple question you have for That's them. That's right, minimum. <laughs> minimum people, minimum. minimum. All right, Drew, Thanks my brother, me, guys. my older brother. Thank, thank you so, so much for for coming on. Thank it was a pleasure. Thank you, Tyler. Go team, Israel.